Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, what I'm going to say to that is to be completely straight talking. I'm not going to beat around the bush on anything. Very good. So to follow on from that, we were riding crap. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. We weren't winning matches. We put together a team which we honestly thought could go places, and it just didn't materialise. We were losing matches that we weren't, we shouldn't have uh, lost. Uh, my promise for the season was to get into the playoffs, and I could see that just wasn't going to happen. Um, and that was that was a big to, to me. That was a, a massive letdown, and things had got to be done. And I got to do whatever we could to try and get into those. Uh, playoff positions. Um, I mean, there was some. Uh, looking at your list, what was the one that we lost only by um, a couple of red car? Red car, yeah. I mean, we should have won that one. If we'd won that, we'd have been in Wales. As you say, Edinburgh, we should have won that. But you look down that list, it was you know, it's, it's lost, 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 and it just shouldn't have been happening. Um, you know, say established teams. Um, but we, st we started off last season. The season before was a different matter. I know we couldn't start putting a team together until January, January, February. Um, but this season, we were in there with all the others and we put together that team. And the average of that team when we started was exactly the same as everybody else's team. You know, it didn't matter whether you're an established team or not an established team. We started off with the same average and it just didn't happen. Uh, and things have got to be done. And I certainly, um, I don't like being associated with teams that are losing. I keep saying it in business and in everything else. If I've been associated with uh, with something, I'm in there to win. Um, and it just wasn't happening. I wasn't happy at all. I know some of the signing certainly took some of the, the supporters by surprise. And I think... Um, a lot of that stemmed back to, if, you, if we go back to the back end of 2022, we put a few challenge meetings on, you called one uh, which include the, the word future brummies as well and uh, regular guest bookings and obviously everyone in this, this room knows the, the sort of riders we're talking about with the likes of uh, Josh Pickering and, and Tom Brennan constantly uh, being in, in Birmingham colours um, and I know there was talk going around that, that, that they were riders targeted as well so when... Uh, when those sorts of signings didn't materialise, could you understand why perhaps some supporters were, were a little bit confused what avenue we'd been going down the back end of 2022 describing them like that? Well, yeah, I mean, we, the riders, we got to the stage where with uh, three or four riders that they'd just got to sign the contract and that was it, we got to that sort of stage. Um, Josh Pickering, one of them. Josh desperately wanted to come to us. Um, we were talking daily, on the phone, a couple of times a day. But it didn't materialise in the end. Bomber was supposed to be coming to us. Um, and that did, that we were right at the end of the negotiations with Bomber, weren't we? And then all of a sudden that didn't. Um, and there was, there was another three or four riders. I mean, I suppose one of the... Um, the ones that really stands out, which wasn't at the start of the season, uh, but later on was Vadim. Vadim was coming to us. That was that was almost sorted, wasn't it, Lawrence? Yeah, it's been a long time with that. Um, and we lost out right there. One of the reasons why we lost out, obviously, was money. Some of the money that's changing hands in, in Championship Speedway is absolutely ridiculous. 
by certain teams. Uh, Glasgow, for one, had put together a team that, that paid a fortune for. And, you know, we've got to know, for example, um, what Bomber went to Glasgow for. We couldn't have afforded that. It was ridiculous. You know, the club is run by people that are multimillionaires and they're prepared to spend multi-million pound money on obtaining riders. Um, and, you know, we weren't prepared to do that. Things, things are going to change now, but... Um, and it was a very upsetting situation again. Yeah, and I know it's easy to, to get ahead of ourselves in, in these talks when we're like that, but going back to, to the start of the season, I remember, you, I remember you saying it to me personally and then someone else pointed out a couple of weeks ago that you actually said it in an interview somewhere as well. And one of your concerns when building the team for the, the points limit that it was this year initially was signing someone on an extremely high average. So you basically have a lot more solidity through the team. Now, obviously, the way it panned out, um, Nick Morris did come in as the number one. Uh, let's just start with the on-track performances that we did see at first. It certainly wasn't the, the Nick Morris at this level that, that we know, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. Well, what did he come in on? Yeah, 10.1, 10.2. There was always that worry there that um, he was scoring the points at Leicester. Um, and if you looked at his average away, it wasn't so good, but we were expecting great things of him. And we certainly weren't expecting him to sort of drop down to seven or eight points. Um, you know, you get a little let down. There's, there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, one was we never quite got the track right. Uh, and the track was changing uh, weekly. It wasn't our fault, it wasn't John's fault, but that's the way the way it was with the uh, the track. Um, I mean, the last match of, of, of this season, last league match, um, we got the track right. And Terry was there. And, you know, too much, I think, was put on John. Um, he, needed, he needed help. Um, I should love for Terry to have been there. Um, if not every week, but every other week. Um, that, and Terry was ill, so he couldn't, he couldn't do it. Um, and it certainly made a difference having that extra pairs of hands. There's another two on the track on this, the last one. The riders were going out there and coming back in after their first ride and saying, I, I, I can ride on that track. Uh, I can open it up. Um, it doesn't frighten me riding on it. I can be confident with it. And that made a difference. And I mean, that's one thing that we, we learned a lot of things. We were learning it all the way through the season. You know, it is a very big learning curve, and we, we were learning all the way through. Like you say, was just sticking with Nick, though, I think the first couple of rides he had at Oxford, that was uh, Stuart's first night in charge. Uh, the first couple of rides at Oxford, again, way off from then. He, he made a he made some changes, finished strongly there and played a, a, a big role in that home win over Berwick, which was a, a massive relief for everyone. I know when him and said you got the, the all-important uh, result in 8.15, you were out on, on the track itself, punching the air. And at that moment, we thought, we thought right, season starts here, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if it had been earlier in the season, and I think we needed to have made changes earlier, to be quite honest. 
Um, I think we all know who those other changes really needed to have been. Um, I think we ran out of time in the end. Yeah, and I know we had to then wait, I think it was three weeks for the next home meeting. Nevertheless, still trying to carry that momentum over from that Berwick win. Uh, Glasgow at home, track walk about to take place, and then just a total unexpected bombshell out of nowhere. And that was a, a huge turning point, and I know we've still got to be careful with what, what we do say and what we don't say, but no one can underestimate how, how big a moment that was in, in Birmingham season, can they? <laughs> to be quite honest, I think it helped us. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we've got the choice then of guests we could bring in, and you know, let's face it, Nick wasn't riding at his best anyway. So, but nevertheless, the atmosphere that I remember people turning up to that meeting, genuinely hopeful, and it just deflated everyone on that night, didn't it? Oh, it did. I mean, the biggest problem was there, especially against Glasgow, is we could only use reserves. Um. And I, I don't think that was generally known. Um, and the referee made it perfectly clear to us before the meeting that we could only use reserves, and that was it. Even though it's supposed to not harm the team at all by Nick's positive result. And it's, you know, it's designed not to harm the team. Well, it certainly did. I mean, certainly in that match, it, it, it did harm us. We could, we could only use reserves in place of a number one. Like you say, it was the, the paying public who, who missed out as well because it would have been a, a great contest against Glasgow as well should Brummies have had a, a full line-up or, uh, or be able to cover Nick's rides adequately. Um, but on the other front as well, like you say, you always, uh, yourself and the consortium, always want to be transparent and, and open as well. You did on that occasion as well, but hands were tied with, with what we were allowed to say and when we were allowed to say it on that night, weren't they? Oh, yes. Um... We were not allowed to say a thing on that night. We weren't allowed to say anything until a statement had been made the next day. We couldn't say anything whatsoever. Um, I mean, it, it did it completely surprise everybody. I was over on the VIP car park when Nick came over to me. Uh, he was panicking, you know, saying, I've just been drug tested and, and tested positive. Um, the, problem, the problem was then that he didn't do a second test. Uh, if you don't do a second test, you're automatically, that's taken as positive. Um, he did want to take another test shortly afterwards, but it wasn't allowed. Even though, I may add, that there's nothing in the rule book to say you can't take. There's no, there's no time limit that's uh, stipulated in the, in the rule book. But no, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't take another one by that time. So like you say, uh, yourself and obviously Stuart and Lawrence all got together and, and started making these changes. A lot of them didn't, didn't quite come off, but look, looking at some of the positives, I think uh, everyone will, will agree in the room. Uh, certainly the signing of Sam Hagen, we saw, we saw plenty of uh, positives with, with him. Um, obviously it's just uh, not the way we wanted his, uh, his time with Brummies to end this year. Well, no, no, Sam was coming on nicely, but again, it was too... Yes, the signing of Sam was done for a reason, but again, it was too late in the season, really. Um, he came on in leaps and bounds, really. Um, uh, no, I mean, the, the, the changes we made 
we're, we're all done for a reason. I mean, we, none of us wanted to see James leave. But no, there was reasons, there was reasons for that. And I think it's done him good as well in the long run. Yeah, like you say, it's, uh, I know everyone knows though uh, how much Little P is popular at Perry Bar and thankfully he did con continue his development with, uh, with Plymouth as well. So he'll be back somewhere next year, I'm sure. There you go. Um, but like you say, from, from Rumi's point of view, you, you mentioned obviously a couple of two-pointers in, and it, it got to that stage where Stuart was using his, his wider experience and, and wider contacts to, to try and bring people in. You have now revealed, obviously, Vadim Tarasenko. Um, talks were held with him. A rider who's, who's going to be appearing in, in the Grand Prix. Um, I know he was talked to, as well as some, some of these other foreign riders on these assessed averages that, that, that could have made the difference. And uh, the, the length Stuart went to, and obviously Lawrence doing things in the background as well. The club were trying everything behind the scenes, but you, you couldn't make other clubs aware at that time, could you? Oh, no, you don't. Know, I mean, what's. Um... <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no, this one's still working. Um, yeah, we, obviously, what goes in the background with riders, we can't reveal <laughs> because you never know who's going to nick the rider that you're talking to. But you, you imagine if. Fadim had come in at that time, this was well before Glasgow. On a five point. On a, yeah, on a, you imagine him coming in on a five point average, you know, barely a heat leader. He'd have come in as a second string. You imagine the difference that would have made to us. Um, you imagine it was almost a case that we could have swapped um, Stefan for Vadim. All of a sudden, we've got somebody in the team that's scoring. You know, double figures would have made a vast difference, but it didn't happen. Long. Um, it, it happened too late, and then he all of a sudden he's off to. We we were told at that time that he didn't want to sign um, until his child was born, the baby was born. Um, we learned on the one evening that um, they had been born, and I was straight on to Lawrence within probably an hour, right, get in touch with him. The baby's been born, he can come and write for us now. Um, but it didn't quite work out like that, because same when he talks and, and that was it. I mean, you've got to remember that Stuart was brought in as, um, as team manager, Lawrence is still there as general manager, and Lawrence is still very much involved with uh, the talks about riders. Um, so, you know, we were, we were looking at every possibility, but it was too little, too late. Yeah. Uh, this one was back on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, just turn that on. Uh, and Lawrence, coming back to you, um, obviously we've, we've discussed, your, we've discussed your, how, how your role changed. You took on the general manager slash director of, of Speedway role, but obviously having been so, so heavily involved with the team, and don't get me wrong, I know you were, you were still there interacting with, with the riders, even though Stuart was officially in... In, in charge of the of the team, um, but ju just how, how difficult was it for you at first? Because obviously you, you've been at Birmingham for, for so long, and within the, the space of a week, someone else is is there doing doing everything that that, that you're used to doing, I guess. Yeah, it was difficult, uh, but uh, yeah, I've known Stuart for 23 years. We became promoters at the same time, so you know, we've been good, uh, friends for all that time. But uh, you know, yes, riders were still coming to talk to me. Yeah, I, re I remember being at uh, 
at Oxford away and someone, someone come up to you and <laughs> I saw the look on your face and went, am I going to be an E15 gaffer? <laughs> and you were like, it's not up to me anymore. But on, on a serious note, when you have done it for so long, it must be, it must be difficult to, to stand there and, and, and see someone else doing it, no matter whether you get on with the new person who's there or not. Just give up with that one. Yes, it's difficult. Um, you know, and again, sometimes she will come up to me and say, "What do you think? Where should we put the tax sub in? Where should we do this?" It was, you know, we were still working together on it in, in that respect. Um, as you said, it, it, it was difficult that, that first night at Oxford. It was uh, a strange night for some of the writers as well, because some uh, had fallen out with Stuart anyway. We were talking to him. Yeah, we won't mention names, even though I think uh, it's quite uh, quite obvious who uh, Lawrence might be referring to. Um, Nigel, you've obviously touched upon how again you, you promised the playoff team didn't get there. When you look at the way the championship was set up and the way that the rules were for this year, though, yes, you would have if you'd have gone into sixth, you would have officially given everyone a playoff team. But as we have seen with Edinburgh getting in there. Obviously, it would have been great to have a, a couple more meetings and whatever, but with the way the results have panned out with Edinburgh, with the results you've had against those teams in the league, I don't want to use the phrase blessing in disguise, but the, 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 the top six out of a nine, it's a bit of a difficult one to, to, to understand from, from the league structure's point of view, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, look at Premiership and look what's happened there, look what's happening there at the moment. Um, it was just the fact that we, that we had planned to get into the playoffs this season and we didn't get in the playoffs. Um, yeah, if we had have just snuck in there, we wouldn't have got very far. I think it was fairly obvious by that stage who the top three were going to be in the league this season. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't take a crystal ball to realise what, uh, what sort of the situation was going to be. Um, but at least that would have been the promise that had been kept that we got in there. I mean, the idea has always been that we, um, last season we know was written off really. This season, playoffs, and next season, uh, win the league. Um, that's always been in, in, in my thoughts. Um, but it hasn't happened. Um, things are changing now, which we'll come on to later. Um, but that was always always the plan, win the league, and then I always wanted to see going up in the Premiership the year after that, so another two years' time. I know Lawrence was never keen on going into Premiership, but um, that was always in the back of my mind. Playoffs, win the league, into Premiership. Um, but that didn't happen. Like you say, playing devil's advocate and looking the other side of the coin, if if that sixth spot hadn't have been a playoff spot, then I guess Bromwich's season would have been uh, over in kind of July, wanted. So there, there is that side of it. Um, you've obviously we've we've looked at the the season uh, the, the the last year or so. So we'll start looking at, ahead now. We'll start with the remainder of this season because even though it feels like an eternity since we were last at Perry Bar, um, we have still got two scheduled fixtures with the Alan Graham Memorial for Birmingham against a, a Cradley Select. Um, and also the, the British under-19s. Any uh, update you can give us tonight, Lance? No. no. <laughs> uh, well, all I can say at the moment is we'll, we'll, we, we're waiting to see what was happening with the playoffs. Uh, Neil Vatra and I have been looking at dates all the time. 
And um, one date we looked at was next Wednesday, which we thought there would be used for playoffs. It's not being used for playoffs, so uh, we've lost that date, but look at it anyway. It looks like what we'll have to do is, because we wanted the Alan Graham Memorial, um, plus the, because the MDL playoff finals, because the uh, Ducktail Bulls against the Supporters Club Buffaloes will be that today, so plus the uh, old-timers. We're going to have to do that one first, and then the other 19 will be the final meeting of the season, but we'll get it there. I'm waiting for confirmation on that. Uh, you can pencil in, but I can't confirm it. Uh, the 11th of October against Cradley for the Alan Graham meeting, and then the 25th for the under-19s. Not what I wanted, not what uh, Neil Hatcher wanted, but uh, it would have been ideal if we could have run the under-19s next uh, Wednesday. But uh, it's too late to organise it now. But now they've sorted out the playoff situation. I can only apologise that we've been unable to tell you anymore, but we've been uh, in the dark ourselves. I've been trying to work on it non-stop. Uh, yeah, well, there's two meetings to do, and we will, we will complete them. As Lawrence will confirm, I, I haven't been happy at all about the situation over the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, because like you say as well, but people get into a routine of going on a Wednesday, but they also get in the routine of, of going out, and obviously October uh, gets a little bit colder. So, But provisional dates there, so uh, do keep your eyes on the website and social media for uh, confirmation of those as and when we get them. So, looking further ahead into the future, and I'm guessing that's why uh, the majority of people are here tonight realistically, there is still so much uncertainty as well um, nothing concrete nowhere near concrete at all but you did decide to, to tease everyone in that last meeting against Plymouth saying that you've got a very important meeting for the future of the Brummies that the week after the Plymouth fixture uh, is there anything you can tell us about what happened on that meeting now right let's start at the beginning and this is I'm not going to fill you all with bullshit, I'm just going to say it the way it is. The future of Perry Bar and the future of us rain, uh, racing next season is no, by no means secure. We might not be racing next season. It's as simple as that. Um, we've been, well, been trying our hardest over the last few weeks. Um, first of all, start at the beginning, the news was released uh, by the Greyhounds with their fixture list that they had got meetings on on Wednesdays. Um, I was over in Benidorm at the time and was straight on to Rachel and she said I can't confirm anything that you shouldn't have been released, and I can't confirm anything until we've had a meeting with the landlord. Um, <clears throat> so that was left like that, and so we won't know that until when was it? Mid what month was that? That was months ago, wasn't it? Now? July? June, I think. June, yes, mid June. We supposed to have the meeting at the end of June. End of June, yeah. Um, then the plans for redevelopment of the stadium were released. Uh, we all saw those, and we thought, well, that's it for Perry Bar. And then, one of the supporters, I won't name his name, but one of the supporters came forward and said, I know the boss of the company, that's uh, of that company, Corbally, 
uh, I'll see if I can get you his telephone number. Um, and that actually may possibly have saved Perry Barr. Um, he obtained that telephone number. He was on holiday in Spain. I sent a message to him saying, won't disturb you on holiday in Spain, but can we have a chat in the near future? He texted me straight back and said, it doesn't matter about that, Nigel, give me a ring tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I don't mind speaking on holiday. We had a good chat, and one of the things that came out in that conversation was he had no plans to go ahead with developing the stadium for the next 10 or 15 years. Um, sounded very hopeful. At that time, um, ARC Rachel wasn't returning my phone calls at all. Uh, she got completely blank. Uh, and it turns out the reason why that is is because she didn't know herself what was going on. The plans were then released for a new Greyhound uh, track at Dunstall Park, with the idea being that uh, Monmore Green closed and Perry Bar closed, and Greyhound, the new Greyhound track at uh, Dunstall Park. Um, I had further chats with Corbally, with Jim, and it became apparent then that the Greyhounds were considering stopping for another 12 months. He had offered them a lease for another one-year lease. Um, the other plan was that we take over the lease ourselves for the whole stadium. Now, I got in the back of my mind what I expected that lease to be, and everybody looked at me, gone out, when I said what could possibly be, and I said at the time it could well be a quarter of a million, 250,000 a year. Um, I went to see Jim face-to-face, -face, Corbley, and he did actually confirm that that was the sort of figure that we're talking about. But then he put another bombshell into it, that the council are pushing him to get plan permission in for the redevelopment of the stadium as quickly as possible. Um, he said he's still willing to give us a lease, but it would only be for probably three or four years. Now, I can't put together a business plan to take on the lease of the whole stadium based on three or four years. Uh, it would have to have been, as he was talking originally, about a 10-year lease. And by doing that, I'd have brought in various different things to the stadium. Um, one of them maybe being a um, go-kart track to the centre green. We'd have franchised off the bars, we'd have gone all sorts of places, and I'm sure we could have made it work. But that's... Um, we couldn't go full out on a three or four yearlies. No way. Um, I had a phone call with Rachel from ARC last week and went through um, various ideas. The only day, if they did take on the, if they carry on there for another 12 months, the only day available for us would be Mondays. Wednesdays is out of the equation. Now, we all know that Mondays is premiership. So, in, the, in between times I've also had meetings and telephone calls with Phil Morris and various members of the BSBL board, gone through figures, and certainly financially we could make premiership work. Um, we obviously have television and things like that. Um, down there.
Um, so that's the situation now, um, is that if we do go ahead, it'll bring Premiership on Monday nights. And to be quite honest, as I say, that does quite excite me. I think we could really go places and it may secure the future of Birmingham Brummies. Um, it would mean it's easier for us to get sponsors in because we're on television, not every week, but frequently. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to be picking up some of the, um, the Wolves uh, supporters as well because we are going to be, I don't classify Leicester as a Midlands team, we are going to be the last Midlands Speedway team. And I know quite a few people, you know, they want to go to the Speedway. And I'm sure quite a few would come to um, Perry Bar. But as I say, nothing is secure at the moment. The under-19s meeting, this is why we were, one of the reasons why we were hoping the Alan Graham meeting would be the last one of the season. Because, as it stands now, the under-19s um, meeting could be the last one at Perry Bar. I can't promise anything. I'm saying at the moment that it's an 80% chance we will be at Perry Bar next season, but there's still a 20% chance that we won't be. Uh, I've got another meeting with Rachel from ARG on the 12th of October, which just happens to be two days after the BSPL meeting, in which case they wanted a definite answer to. And of course, while all this is going on, it is hindering with our plans for a team for next season. Uh, and if we're not careful, we don't get answers soon, we're not going to get the riders that we want. At the moment, we're being approached by literally dozens of, of premiership riders that want to come and ride for us. Um, but that just about sums it up. The future of Perry Bar is not secure. But I'm hoping against hope and saying that there's an 80% chance it will. You've obviously mentioned the top flight speedway there. I've seen a few people shaking their heads in the room and obviously I've seen stuff on social media over the, and forums over the past couple of the weeks. Um, that's understandable because of what happened last time Birmingham were at that level. Having said that, the top, the top flight is a totally different prospect now, isn't it? Uh, with Phil Morris in as CEO, with... Uh, stronger things happening behind the scenes with, with partnerships building all the time, uh, relationships being established. It is a, a totally different place, the, the top flight of British Speedway, to where it was a, a decade ago, isn't it? Well, it's completely different. It's more professional. I mean, really, you go and watch a, a premiership meeting now, and it's... It is in a different league to what we had at Perry Bar last season. The standard of, of, of uh, racing is that much higher. Um, and I'm, cert I'm, I'm certain that we could put a, a team together that would be a hell of a lot more exciting than last year's team. I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. 
Um, but like you say, on a, on a serious note, you've mentioned the, the, the Wolves aspect, obviously it's absolutely uh, tragic with what's going on at Bomber Green in the first place, then you hear about um, these health and safety numbers being uh, brought in as well, but as you say, there's going to be, there are Wolves supporters who will only go and watch Wolves, but there is a good couple of hundred who will go and watch Speedway wherever they can. Um, and I guess from a, a Wolverhampton perspective, not that that is of, of your your main interest, but from a Wolverhampton perspective, people like Chris Van Stratton with, with potential plans he's got for 2025 and beyond, they're going to want to keep the Wolves name and certainly the Speedway name going at the top flight in, in the Midlands region as well, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, another plan was that if we've got the whole stadium, that um, Wolverhampton rode at Perry Bar on a Monday, and we rode on a Wednesday. Um, but certainly, with the, the, if we've got the whole stadium, there'd be a hell of a lot of changes. Um, now, looking back the other way, if we stopped as we were, riding on a Wednesday night, um, in the championship, unless things had changed dramatically next season, I think it would probably have been our last season, next season, because I'm not prepared to put in the amount of money that I've put in for the last two years. Uh, the business plan was this year that um, Tolly Badgers put in half of what it did last year, last season. It's turned out that it's that hasn't worked out and I've put in more. Put it like this. It's it's gonna be well over 120,000 that I've put in this year. And I can't carry on doing that. You know, it was based on I knew it was gonna cost money in the first season, well and the second season. But we can't carry on at Perry Bar with the amount of people we've got coming in through the turnstiles. It's just, it's just impossible. Um, the accountant pulls his hair out every time. He, I've accounted him once a month, and he's pulling his hair out every time he sees the amount of money that uh, I've transferred from Tolly Badges to Birmingham Speedway. Um, I'm sure we, and I think, I honestly think now, that we could not make it work in the championship for longer than another 12 months. <clears throat> And it is our last, it is our last chance of, of making Brummies survive. And I'm sure we can, I'm sure we can do it one way or another. Um, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that is only then for the next three or four years. In the long term, we've got to look for another track. And that's one thing that we'd already started to do. And we actually went to see land the week before last. And again, that was, um, that was on the cards, but then when we got to the meeting, the owner of the land told us that no, we couldn't have a 10 year lease as what was originally planned. We could only have a lease for two or three years because you've got a developer interested in the land. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't give up on that, but as it stands at the moment, at the very best, Speedway is only going to be a Perry Bar for the next three or four years. I know you've you've mentioned about the championship there, and obviously, um, since Paul have have dropped into that league, obviously Glasgow have got have pl uh, plenty of financial backing as well. 
it is almost like the second tier of British Speedway is, is coming divided in, in itself, isn't it? I know you've spoken about uh, the, the, some of the rider demands and, and wages and, and stuff on top of that, but it is, it is in a very dangerous position uh, going that, and you've only got to look at the, the league table from the last couple of seasons to, to realise that, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, swinging it around the other way, look at Monmore Green on Monday when they couldn't get anybody else in through the stadium. Um, I know people were turned away on health and safety grounds, and, and I know CVS has said this week in the statement that pre-COVID, they were getting almost double the amount in. That stadium couldn't have held many more that was in there on Monday. You know, we were looking around, it, it was it was rammed in there. Yeah, yeah. There are ways of getting more in, but as he stood on Monday, you couldn't get any more in. I wish we were in that position, I really do. Uh, you know, they got close on 2,000 people up at Monmore Green. Um, you know, our, our maximum crowd has been a third of that this um, less than a third of that, much less than a third of that. We, you cannot run a, a, a professional speedway team with only three or four hundred going into the, in through the turnstiles. You know, we said all the way through that a thousand was the break-even point. Um, you know, we, we, we've done a lot of promotion, and Steve's been doing a fantastic job on promotion this year. But again, that was sort of brought to a bit of a halt by the fact that we didn't know whether we were going to have the stadium or not next, for next season. And it was a waste of time spending money now on promoting when we've only got a few more meetings left of the season. Um, if we know we've, we've got the stadium for next year, we should be pro um, promoting again, we should be marketing again. Yeah. All the little bits that we did, like the adverts on the back of buses, that worked. We were, bringing, we were bringing more people in. We know that for a fact. Um, the promoting was working. But, yeah, that, that, that's what it comes down to. You know, going back to the days when such as Cradley were getting 3,000 in a meeting, um, riders were on a hell of a lot less salary than they are now. Um, and I know, I know the riders deserve that, the money that they get, but the sums just don't add up. You, you, cannot, you cannot do it with um, the amount of people coming in through the turnstiles. Now, I'm, I'm hoping again with the Premiership that we will build up the amount of people coming in through the, the, the turnstiles. There's certainly no Premier team that's getting the the amount of people in through the gates than we got um, last season. You know, we, you know, it, it wasn't, <coughs> we, we were to blame to some extent because the riding was abysmal. Most of the time it was, I'd have walked out of a meeting. It wasn't enjoyable watching. Um, and we certainly won't be bringing that standard, if we're going, if we're at Perry Bar next season, the standard of, ride, of riding will be well, well, well above that. Yeah, uh, just uh, on the, the side point of that as well, um, in tonight's Edinburgh programme, 
Um, in their playoff, John Campbell has confirmed that Edinburgh have got use of Armadale for 2024, but they are they're still considering still considering their position um, because of uh, because of the, the financials and, and crowds and, and outgoings and things like that. So um, so yes, yeah, still still certainly up uh, up in the air on that front. Um, you you mentioned about the, the racetrack a few times now. You've mentioned their timeless almost every week. Anytime we did interviews with any of the riders, it was the same comments about the track's different every week. Away riders come here, get get used to it. We're thinking it's going to be one way. Um, it's proving to be a different way. When we thought when we thought the track was the most difficult of the season, no. When we thought Seji had had his best night of the season, and we thought, oh, this is the track they all want. He slated it in an interview. So. Eh, I know, I know you're never going to please all riders in a team, but what genuinely and seriously can be done at Perry Bar to, to get more consistency in the track? And um, I think a lot of people would say as well that last season we had, say, one or two good races per night, but overall the, the whole entertainment in terms of racing wasn't, wasn't as good as previous seasons, I think some would say. No, the track was, um, wasn't good. It would need a lot of work on the track this winter. Um, we're still getting the base coming through in, in parts. We know how to address that. But the, the simple answer to your question is the fact we hadn't got enough track staff. We needed more people on the track. You can't expect Terry and Alan sorry, uh, John and Alan, to produce a really first-class track. It needed more people on the track. It, it, needed, I mean, it needs more tractors going around for the grading. Um, you look at any other track and there's three tractors going around doing the grading in between heats. We weren't getting that. We couldn't get onto the track to prepare it. The weather didn't help us at all. One week it was bone dry and the next minute soaking wet. Um, but that's the major thing, it needed more people on the track. Also speaking to a, a couple of the, the, the track members as well and obviously uh, looking at some of the, the, the equipment that I see when I, when I visit uh, various different tracks as well. Do, do you think there's anything particularly uh, equipment-wise, I know it all costs money, but equipment-wise that, that could help the guys who, who are out there as well to, to help improve the, the racing and the surface? Yeah, I mean, we inherited um, a load of crap, basically. The tractors are still breaking down right, left and centre. Uh, we got rid of one last season because it needed a terrific amount of money spending on it. Uh, we, we've improved things no end with the, uh, the flatbed that we bought. Um, we know what's wrong with that. The pump on the back of it isn't strong enough. It wants double the capacity we're putting down on the track. Um, but again, I wasn't willing to spend the money on that, thinking it was only going to be used for the next two or three meetings. Um, things like that will be changed. And of course, there might be some equipment become available from Marmore Green as well. Um, the bowser wasn't right. Uh, the flatbed was a prototype, if you like. Um, Oh, there's various bits of equipment that 
uh, that we needed. There was one bit of equipment still behind the, the pits that we, we could do it out there. Um, that wouldn't, that's not going to be a problem for next season. And we can't let it be a problem for next season. And we know we've got to spend more money on that, there's no doubt about it. So as you said, uh, we have advertised it as a, a, a supporters uh, fans forum here this evening. So in the second half, any questions that you have got, like I say, do jot them down um, or do raise your hand, whatever, and we'll go through them. But just so, just so we're clear to, on a few things. So uh, next season, as it stands, I know you've put us at 80% chance that uh, could be 20% chance not. But based on what you're saying, it would be Premiership if you were next year? Yeah, Premiership on Monday night. On a Monday night, and in in terms of uh, in terms of everything else, you talked about the, the meeting you've got with Rachel of, of Ark as well. But obviously, uh, the AGM is coming up. So, is there a is there a, a deadline where you've got to make a, a definitive decision for for 2024? I've got to be able. We've got to be able to go along to the AGM uh, in November and say yes, we are coming to the table for 2024. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got to give our intent um, so that's in November but we don't want it to be left as long as that we need to know so that uh, and I know you're not supposed to um, so, well, not supposed to even contact riders uh, before the AGM I tell you what in Speedway everybody contacts riders but the riders contact you so you know, we've got to we've got to have our team well underway before that AGM. Um, so we've got we're still going to see what happens. I'm just hoping I'm hoping that Arc are going to stop for another twelve months. The reason why they're delaying is because they don't know how long it's going to take for the planning permission to go through um, for Dunstall Park. Uh, the old days of getting planning through for something like that, especially in sort of eight or ten weeks, is out of the window now. Um, apparently it could take six, nine months before they get planning. If that's the case, then they'll need to stop at Perivar for next season. So, I'm hoping on um, October the 12th I'll have an answer on that. And just one final one before we do take the break, obviously the, the, the team manager situation based on that, obviously uh, we know Leicester are on the, on the verge or at least they're in uh, current talks to be, to, to be taken over um, and obviously Stuart Dixon is currently, currently there. Um, obviously there's the, the situation with Lawrence where now he's uh, officially classed as, uh, as director of Speedway or, or general manager. So is, is that something that, that, that would need to be, need, obviously needs to be addressed over the winter, but have you had any early thoughts, any early discussions on, on the team manager front as well? Uh, all I can say on that is that uh, Stuart Dixon won't be with us next season. Um, he is we'll be stopping with Leicester in in Premiership, and I spoke to him um, earlier this week, and he's been also been offered um, team managership of a, a championship team, and he very much wanted to stop with us, but that's the situation. He's not going to be with us next season.
then second half this will last us uh, as long or little as we need um, it's essentially your opportunity to uh, get your questions across we have been handed four on paper right first and foremost is there anyone in the room who would like to raise their hand and ask a question for we've got mike harris around the corner mike shout up anyone who's on alexander stadium which yes you have mentioned a few times now yes yes um that's another of the options that's there on the table um I spoke to um, Andy's, Andy uh, Street's, Alan, Alan, Andy, yeah. Alan, yeah, he's Brighton man, last week, he was asking how things are going, and he's still very much pushing for the success of Brummies, and Alexander Stadium was mentioned again, which as we know is very, very underused. Um, he was worried about putting a track inside there. I then mentioned that Cardiff was put in there in 10 days and then taken out again afterwards. And he said, oh, I didn't realize it was only temporary track. So you can put a, t a track in there, no problem. He said, no problem whatsoever. Oh, that completely changes the picture. Um, I mean, that would be absolutely superb. We'd be a little bit lost inside it. Uh, I mean, it's. Um, with the top tier reinstated, it holds 35,000 people. When you said a little bit lost, no, I, don't <laughs> I think we'd have to probably get lots of cardboard cutouts. Um, I mean, Cardiff looked depleted this year with 20 odd thousand in it. Um, but it would certainly take our level right up, it certainly would be a lot better stadium than Bellevue. And we could put a track in there, no problem. The running track they're using is in the little stadium next door now, and it's hardly being used at all, the big stadium. I believe they've put a rugby pitch in the middle of it at the moment, which we could work around that. But that, that is another of the, the options that's there that we're, we're looking at. So not necessarily one of the ones because you didn't mention it first half, but it is something in the background should you should you replay. Yeah. That's um that is another option, yeah. Okay, there you go. Thank you for that reminder, Mike. Any more uh, questions from the floor, yes sir? Nigel, wherever we are, whatever level we're riding at, you mentioned the promotion. We've got to get a winning side, as well, because losing all the time attracts any new spectators. In fact you lose. Yeah, that's exactly what exactly what I've been saying, yeah. It was it was abysmal, some of the, um, the meetings last season. Um, but we didn't change things quick enough, I don't think. Um, and the starting point's got to be three heat leaders, because we haven't had years. Yeah. We're going in with one and a half heat leaders, and it's, yeah. you're going to lose. It, it didn't work. I mean, you've got to remember as well with the injuries that we had before the start of the season with, um, with Wrighty. Um, the way he was riding, at the end of the, when he guessed it for us, and the way he's riding at the end of the season before, he'd got every possibility of being a heat leader for us this year. And of course we lost him before the season had even started. So yes, a winning team. You're absolutely correct. A winning team and a competitive team, as you've said. Um, I know this is something I raised on a number of occasions as the members of the, the supporters club. Um, I've been a Speedway supporter on the terraces as well, and there's nothing... There's nothing that beats when you've got a, a true connection between riders and supporters. Now, 
If I'm speaking honestly and openly, there was nothing between that group of riders and the supporters this year. There were times where the supporters were, were fantastic with everything they did. And I personally asked a couple of the riders to, to go across. Some of them did, some of them refused to. That's that's also something that really needs to be to be looked at going forward, isn't it? Because that that interaction between supporters and uh, and, and riders is uh, is essential. I think that will come when we put together a winning team. You know, the, at the end of some of the uh, meetings last season, you know, the, the riders were feeling exactly the same as the supporters and ourselves. You know, they were... We talked it down, didn't we? We talked the team down all the time. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. That, that's one of the problems, yeah. And then the, 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 the riders were also looking at, at what's on Facebook. And, you know, it doesn't come across well. I mean, look at the criticism that Stefan was getting um, from halfway through the season onwards. Uh, you know, Stefan was reading that. It hardly inspires them with confidence to get out there and put in a good performance. Well, when they come to the tape, there's no passion there from the supporters because we haven't got a leader, we haven't got someone you know, the under no. or whatever of the day. No, we, we need to get back into that. We need to, first of all, we need to put together a decent team. Then we can start to look at them going around with the flat. Yeah, we can look at all of that work to put together that decent, that, that decent team. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing a rider win the race and then because of where the pit gate is, just spinning around and, and going back. Even as just a minimum requirement, just coming around and, and getting a... Extra bit of atmosphere. Like the Chuckle Brothers up here with these microphones. Uh, yeah, just seeing the riders obviously disappear back to the pits and it, like you said, it does drain the atmosphere a bit, so, uh, yes. I mean, first and foremost, we hope we've got a team, then we hope it's competitive, then we hope it's winning, then we hope they interact with the crowd, okay? So, small steps. Right, anyone on the floor, yes, sir? Um, regarding the, the premiership, uh, the seven times uh, this year, which many people would think is the minimum or down, down to the lower end that is viable for a league. I've spoken to people who are in the, uh, the uh, Premiership and they believe the minimum figure to operate next season is six. Now there's only going to be five of the teams because of Wolverhampton and uh, Peterborough. So if it's not Birmingham who's in the Premier League, have you a view as to who that other team is likely to be to make the Premiership viable? Basically there is a lot. Um, nobody else wants to go up. Um, there's more teams coming into the into championship, um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't even gone down that road because I'm just <laughs> looking into. Uh, <laughs> Stop turning it up. It's on. Go talk. Oh, yeah, it's back on. Uh, no, I haven't even gone down that road thinking, you know, 
if, if we're not going into premiership, um, you know, let, let's just concentrate on what we're going to do. Um, let them worry about that in, in premiership if we don't go into it. Yes, from, from, from a wider understanding, uh, I believe that two other clubs have been requested. Uh, one is continuing to, continuing to deliberate. Uh, further news will come at the AGM, I'm sure. Sam? Not necessarily. But there we go. Right, any more questions from the floor? Yes, Kim. I'm going back to question now with all the, what you said about all the fans not behind the team. I'm sorry, the team do not get by the fans. Well, that's none what of I'm that saying. team. There's, there's nothing none of that show. team spoke to one another in the pits. It was dead. And also, the kids, you'll see why they voted for as Ride of the Year. The rider that bothers with the kids, all the fans. I have to shout to riders because the kids were shouting, asking for buy fives, and they totally ignored them. So it's not just the fans, it's the riders. They didn't interact with anybody. Thank you. Oh, God. That's why she's from around trade leads, then. Right, Doug is going to get some batteries, so in the meantime, in the meantime, right, you're back on, okay. Right, we have had one from a gentleman at the bar when you were talking about the stadium. He wants to know who currently owns the land of Perry Bar Stadium and how much would it cost to buy the land or the stadium? Right, that's another thing that's been, that I have discussed. The land is owned by Birmingham City Council. Corbally is on a very long lease. I think there's 80 years left of, of the lease. Corbally bought the lease off GRA when GRA had got money problems. Uh... Right. Yeah, I'm back on again for a second. Um... Yeah, so Birmingham City Council. Birmingham City Council um, owned the lease. Corbally have it on a very long lease. Ark lease it from um, Corbally and we lease from Ark. So if, as I say, if Ark did leave, we would have the opportunity. Ooh, new batteries. <laughs> we would have the opportunity of leasing directly off. Uh, Corbally, but as I say, the rent is absolutely terrific. Um, it's in a region combined of almost 250,000 a year. Um, just to touch on something else, this idea of it being a sports stadium and nothing else, that doesn't come into the equation at all. Um, as councils change, these things get changed and things like that just get thrown out of the window. They could also get round that, well that might be a, a one way round it, saying right, if a sports stadium needs to be kept in Perry Bar, then Alexander Stadium's there. And that would be another way to get into another that Andy Street would give to put us into Perry Bar, into Alexander. There's lots of different permutations, but to answer your question, Birmingham City Council own the stadium. Birmingham City Council want that stadium developed. 
Didn't forgot to add the last bit. I actually put that to uh, Jim and Corbally saying, well, they've just gone bust. I think they'd gone bust the day that I actually had a face-to-face -face meeting with him. And I said, surely now is the ideal time for you to buy the stadium. He said, ah, well, Nigel, I've actually gone down that route. And uh, they've said to me, yes, it will be available, but you're not getting it on the cheap. Now, uh, I would think, to be quite honest, the way it is at the moment, they would be wanting probably about 200 million for that sign. <coughs> Oh. You can afford that, can't you? <laughs> I believe... No. You just answered it. Well, there you go. Judy's got one over there. Would we not be uh, available for lottery funding of some sort? Would you not be available for lottery funding of some sort? Again, that's something that I've thought of, and in a lot of ways I wish I'd when I put together the company, that it wasn't put together the way it was. No, we're not. We couldn't have lottery funding because we're not a charity. We lose a fortune, an absolute fortune, and we could we could have uh, uh, formed the company as a not-for-profit company, but to get lottery funding, you need to be a charity. There you go. Any more from the floor, John Boy? Nigel, you say that there was 250 grand for the whole rent at Perry Bar. What kind of figure would you think they'd be looking at then for the stadium with the road? That would be run on in a different way and would only be hiring it for our purpose. We wouldn't be hiring or wouldn't be leasing the whole stadium. We'd be on the same sort of basis as we are at Perry Bar at the moment just leasing it for Monday nights or whatever night. We wouldn't be leasing it for seven days a week just our stadium, which is what we do. If we leased the stadium at Perry Bar, it would, the whole stadium would be ours seven days a week. But that's, that's the difference that Alexander would just lease it just for that one night. Yeah, now I know you use the uh, the Cardiff track example uh, when you when you were speaking to, to Andy Street and uh, Andy's uh, companions, colleagues, whatever you want to call them. But on a on a realistic thing, is that is that something you've thought about about how you'd how you'd be able to do it, how you'd approach it, who you who you could utilise, who you could get involved to to do that if it was an option? Well, obviously in Speedway, it'd be um, Phil Morris that would. Uh, be doing the uh, groundwork on that, um, you know. Um, Andy Street's face lit up when I mentioned um, the British Grand Prix, now because to him that would be absolutely fantastic, bringing the British Grand Prix to Birmingham. Okay, you know, okay, Judy's back in. Um. A few weeks ago, there were some rumours going around about Birmingham City taking over the Wheels project. Would there be an opportunity there for us? City own the Wheels. Pardon? Yeah, Birmingham City Council own Wheels, but they're also at an advanced... Yeah, but they are a very advanced stage now of developing that project, moving forward and developing it. Industrial units. Yeah, that's for industrial units. 
Right, I'm just going to pick up on one from here. Uh, so this is from Jude. Do you think there'll be enough teams to form two tiers next season? I think that's kind of what that gent was saying over there. But obviously, um, Wolverhampton and, and Peterborough are two massive losses to British Speedway. Uh, but looking on the positive side, obviously what, what Workington have done this year is, is tremendous up there and um, it's surely they're not going to be in and around the, the National Development League for, for too long. So do, do you think the current structure of, of two major leagues with a, the with a National Development League is, is, is still something? Let's go to, to Lawrence. Uh -huh. Yes, I, I went up to work at the other week and it is a superb place. It's the blueprint for what everything Elliot, you were there at the same time as yeah. I was when Bellevue were there. Uh, if you haven't been to work, you'll get there, it's brilliant. But the, the, I, I was with um, Andrew Baines at Cardiff as well and had a long talk with him there. I know it's a financial thing for him, that's just for they've got no lights at the moment, but, but Workington hopefully will move up into the Championship. That's the, the aim. National Development League at the moment is a question mark over what's happening because clubs are finding it very um, hard to continue and make any money out of it. Okay, they're producing riders, but there are uh, a lot of the National Development League. I don't call it that. National League, sorry. I don't regard it as a Development League. Development League is the one we run with the, with the, the Bulls and the, uh, the Buffaloes in. The National League is got a, a problem at the moment that there may not be enough teams to run that league. And that is a great pity because there's a lot of riders there who are coming through the system at the moment who need somewhere to race. But if the National League isn't uh, there, what, where do they go? You know, the Championship, you know, is a strong league. And, and uh, getting work into it will be a good thing. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping the National League will, will continue. And also our league, our, our middle development league has produced some good little riders and I want that to continue. You know, I, I don't think Red Car want to do it next year because they're saying there's not enough riders around. We'll get their backsides out there. I, I, so tomorrow I, I should be going to the FGA meeting up in uh, Shrewsbury. This year we've brought seven, I think, FGA riders to, to ride it in Speedway. That's something that tracks if they're going to bring young riders on, I've got to go out there and find them. Go to the training schools, go to the amateur meetings, go to the grass, bring them in from that level up, but they've got to find somewhere to race. And if it's not a national league, where do they go? Yeah, and I'm building on from that as well. Um, like you say, when you, even when you look through the, the top British riders, Dan Bewley, uh, Robert Lambert, Ty Wolfing, and they all started there. And even when you you look now, even the likes of uh, Max Perry, Max James, for example, who we've seen at uh, at Perry Bar in, in second halves, without that league, it would be way too much of a, a big step just to get them into to championship racing, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, riders are my partner. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, you, you have got some very good kids coming through the system. You, you've seen Max Perry ride, you've seen Max James ride in our second halves. You know, you've seen some of those kids who are coming through, and, and they are the future of Speedway. But if we haven't got a league for them, where do they go? You know, as I said, the jump to championships, and it's going to be big to start with. Okay, they'll grow and they'll get better, but we need the National League. <coughs> Thank you. I got another one here. Right. Now, this one could upset the apple cart, so I think I do, okay? What were your views slash thoughts on the unprofessional and disrespectful behaviour of Troy Batchelor at the Championship Pairs meeting at Oxford 
Why was there no club statement or reaction to it? Um, there was no uh, statement from me because basically I, I didn't think that Troy should even have been there in the first place. Um, you know, that to me, your two best riders should be there. And of course, one of those was Nick, and he obviously couldn't be there. So I could I could appreciate really where Troy was coming from. Yeah, the track was diabolical, and he didn't want to be there. Basically, what are your thoughts? Yeah, his first arising was an embarrassment doing those wheelies, and um, he and I did have some words in the pits. Um, he did go out and have a good go in his third ride, I'll give him his due from that point of view, but um, as, as Nigel said, he shouldn't have been there at that stage, you know, and um, in all honesty, I, I wish we would have taken Alfie. I was going to say, you've obviously got to put two riders out, it is the pairs, but if you are, if you... If you're there with that with that club crest on there, surely you should at least you should do something. And I I know words what words were had with with Seji and, and Batchabed did as well, weren't they? Yeah, very much so. And um, you know I'll give Seji due. He did have a good go with that meeting. Um, and Troy, as I said, the first two just wasn't interested. But you know he had a go in his third, and he should have been there, you know, doing his bit for the club. And he wasn't, and uh, that that wasn't good enough. You know. You know no statement was made because we thought you know it was enough for the fact that people had seen it. Um, had he continued doing that, he would have been fined anyway because the referee would not have allowed it. He was not bona fide racing, but uh, you know, it was he, he wasn't my choice. Uh, right, another question. You've just mentioned uh, the track for the pairs. So going back to the, uh, the the track at Perry Bar, and we talked about the uh, the, the inconsistencies. How it differed from from week to week, whether that be on the starts or, or, or the turns or anything like that. So uh, Lawrence, like you say, you deal with with the riders. So just for, just put it out there to everyone why it might take a home side a little bit longer to get used to a differing track than an away team who've turned up there for a for a one-off night. You just said that it's a one-off night, they, they turn up and do it. You know, your home team expects something that's got consistency. And, uh, and, you know, as Nigel mentioned before, one week we'd have it really dry, next week could be wet. John was working his socks off. He, you know, John gets to Perry Bar at half past six on a Wednesday uh, morning. He's still there till one o'clock the next morning doing the track. Uh, he does what he can with what the equipment he's got. But... You know, the riders themselves have got to sometimes kick their own backsides and get out there and do it, and some of them don't. The other, another thing just come into it as well is the um, inconsistency with the the shale that we're working with as well. Um, with every load of shale that we had, seemed to be completely different from the previous shale. Um, the last lot that we had. Um, and again, John had to get it on. We needed shell on the track, but after it was delivered, we realised it was basically going to dust in next to no time. Uh, yeah, it was much too fine, and it was literally going to dust. Um, that wouldn't bond with the original surface underneath it. All the clay Yeah, no matter what, no matter clay it was in, it didn't work. Um, but it was again, again with the weather as much as anything, we couldn't. Bond that new shale in with the old shale, so there was at least one meeting where it would just 
slide the, the new shell, which is sliding around on top of the uh, the old stuff. Um, there was very, you know, this is why the, the the problems varied week to week. Um, then we got the problems with, uh, say, with water, um, with getting water onto the track. Some would start off some meetings or some Wednesdays with a bone dry track, put water on it, then it start to pour down with rain an hour before the meeting. There's problems like that. Um, as I say, we've got, there's a big problem on the bends that the base is coming up through the shale. And no matter what you do with that track, you cannot get three inches of shale on top of the base. So, for next season, the bends will be dug out so that base is removed. The base has basically lifted up. It isn't the fact that shells disappeared off the top of it. Um, the base has somehow lifted up. Um, and you literally can't get... If you'd run a, a line from the air fence over to the, uh, the curb, it's impossible to get three inches of shale on top of that base. So that's coming through. At least that did give us a, a consistent line, I suppose, because there's no shale on it. Um, but it's, again, it's not ideal. Any more questions from the floor? Right, uh, last one about uh, the uh, Revy riders. Obviously, we got those going from about, I think it was about midway through the season with obviously uh, Leo Oliver and we, we saw the numbers grow and grow week on week. We had uh, uh, Bomber there with, with Little Cruz as well. Um, obviously, this is something which kind of came out of nowhere and now there's more and more interest being, being generated and just getting youngsters hooked at that, that young age to actually being able to give it a, a similar go, um, just how important could, could that be for the future of Speedway as well? Uh, very important indeed. You know, um, the, the, the revenue thing grew and grew and grew, and um, Pete Andrews from Centurion came on board and got the revenue agency, which has been great for us. Uh, and, and we've sold more bikes, we've got more kids out there. As you said, we had, we had cruise, uh, James Wright boys, two lads up on their revenue as well, the one, the one week. You know, um, and it's something that's interested other clubs now. Um, Phil Morris and I have been talking about it as well. Uh, Glasgow were interested in doing it next year. Um, we're also, I've been talking to Neil Thatcher that there may be within the British Junior Championship a Revy group as well. So those kids are going to therefore have that starting point. And that's, that's something that will grow and grow and grow. E-bikes, you know, they're funny because there's no noise. First time I ever watched it was at a crash track. I was sat there talking, I think it was talking to James right then at the time. And also I suddenly saw these bikes going by and going, there's no noise. And that's, that is the, that's the strange element to it. You know, I, I know that Paul Boeing's been doing some uh, stuff with the bikes from Denmark, uh, and uh, that hasn't <laughs> gone down very well in certain quarters anyway, because the health and safety element of it has been got to be checked into and the insurance on it. But Paul wants to push that. Um, you know, we don't want to lose the noise of speedway bikes, do we? Because you know, that's part and parcel of it. The, you know, the, the smell's not as good as it used to be, but it's still a good smell. The noise is there. But if we've got completely quiet bikes, oh, I hope it never comes. It's like these stupid electric cars. I would never have one. <laughs> yeah, we do need some sound behind the bikes. I mean, the simplest is, as I've 
said a few weeks back, you just get a peg and a piece of cardboard and you put it so uh, on, on the wheel. Couldn't you put like like noise detected like noise music on the bike so it comes out? Music on the bike, so it's this thing, yeah. Um, how would you get de- where development then if you had if you didn't have a national league next season potentially with teams potentially dropping out? That is a good one. That's, it's something that actually we've got a BSPL meeting on Wednesday, haven't we? Oh, that's one of the things that comes up on that to be discussed. Um, to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, as you said, I, I've been a great advocate of national league racing. For years and bringing on juniors, um, we've got to have something, but it needs more tracks to say right. We're going to do it, and I think if if we had extra nights, we do a national league team. We've, we've we just said this from the beginning. We'd love to have a national league team as well as the, the, the senior team, but actually we haven't got the nights to do it. But I think more tracks have got to, you know who can do it have got to do it. Is that struggles to the revenue? We need to market it more than just one to one two. Clubs two, but there were two nights at one. Try to the fans suffering as well. That is a problem. You know, you know can people afford to come and come to two meetings in a week if you've got both on? But uh, you know, the teams have done this year. You know, Bellevue, Edinburgh, Oxford. You know, Leicester. Leicester. You know, you know, they've managed to fit it within their uh, fixture list because they're not running two in a week usually, unless it gets to the end of the year right now. So, you know, there is potential there. With, with a reduced fixture list against what it used to be, you know, the opportunity is there. But it's going to be a very interesting AGM, put it that way. Yes, certainly will. And obviously, the National League, not quite at the... Um, I think it was a lot more competitive, obviously, when Birmingham were involved. But I know there was 2015 and 2016 seasons in particular, particularly after everything that happened in 13 and 14. I know everyone who was... Uh, Lucky enough to, to witness it, they were a, a couple of a great seasons and uh, yes, some certainly some good moments in there. John's waving at me again. One from Lawrence. Um, here's one from fans' perspective. Averages have always been a bit of a bone of contention. What's your view on averages, Lawrence? Where would you like to see averages start? Because I've watched over the years, Speedway get diluted, watered down. Averages, building teams to lose as a limit. So where, where, what's your thoughts? Where, where would you, what would you want as an average to build a team? Well, how many points do you need to win a meeting? And that is the starting point, surely. Um, we have asked some of our fellow promoters who want to reduce the uh, limit down, and uh, they wanted to do it last year, but we, we fought them and try and do it again uh, for next year, which uh, hopefully they get fought again. You know, I think you know, I think the mean average is forty-two point five to win a meeting. So forty-two point five worked for years and years and years. Why have we got to have less than that? You know, and rolling averages as well. Well, you know, it's ridiculous. You can't see what a rider's actually scoring that year. You got to go back through twenty last twenty meetings. I still can't see the sense in that one either. Going back um, through the years, when did the problems first start? The problems first started when the fifty-point average was uh, introduced. And it's been downhill since then. So you might have an answer there. Yeah, like you said, at least it forces the heat leaders to be split amongst the rest, doesn't it? I guess when it's a, a bit of a lower one, otherwise the big boys would take them all. Uh, any more questions? Elliot's back. Could you do a bit like a grading system like we're doing? Some could you have different riders in different sections, have like so many riders from different grades? It's been tried before. Tried. 
bit political. Very political. Indeed. Yes, sir? Who decides on a assessed average? He's all like a certain Russian, isn't he? On a five average in the championship. What a joke. Yeah, that's another thing that's being discussed at the next um, the next board meeting, not even the AGM, it's the next board meeting that's being discussed at. Um, at the moment, it's purely and simply worked out by the BSBL board. Um, it's, it's really the girls that work that out as well, it isn't even the directors, it's the, the girls. It's Nikki and Alice that work that out. Um, changing. Yeah, for Batty it's going to be changing. There's all different sort of permutations that are going to be sorted out so we don't get the reoccurrence of some of the things that happened uh, this season. So could you... Oh, that's the other thing that's going to be watching as well, the final dates for signing riders and using riders on the run-up to the playoffs, etc. So, so if you if you have say an assessed average, could you look at where what they what are they wide in other countries to see more idea on the average? Yep, I think there's various different things being looked at. So we will we will see what happens over the winter and uh, and next season. Um, obviously, we we're here for Birmingham, but we have mentioned Midland Speedway with uh, with Wolverhampton, and I know there's one gentleman in tonight, and I know there's a couple of. Uh, all the heathen supporters dotted around as well. So looking at the, the Midlands Speedway scene, like you say, you're fighting to, to make sure that Birmingham are the only Midlands team in, in 2024. But interesting to, to see this week uh, coming out in the Express and Star about the uh, potential heathens bid as well, wasn't it? Yeah, very interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm quite well versed with what's happening there. Uh, we've just actually said something on fighting to make sure that Birmingham's the only team in the Midlands. I'm not fighting to make sure that I'm not gonna <laughs> make sure that all the rest of them are scrapped. <laughs> it just so happens that we will be the only team in the Midlands. But I mean, I, I, I think it's generally known. You know, I'm I originated from Cradley, and I should love to see Cradley have another team in in the league. I really would love to see. Um, another team from Cradley, and I should like, in some ways, to be in involved in that. Okie dokie. Do we have any more questions from the floor at all? Would you like to be the head of the BSPR? <laughs> and if you were, what would you do to change stuff? <laughs> well, that's been mentioned before. Not for this head. Um, <laughs> as you know, um, I was a director of Budget Trust. Um, Budget Trust was formed to look after the interests of all the Badger groups throughout the United Kingdom. And it's a completely independent body. To me, BSPL should be a completely independent body. Because no matter what happens, you could, it's absolutely impossible for Rob Godfrey, who is chair, and is also the promoter of um, Scunthorpe, as we know, it's in, absolutely impossible for him or any other person to be completely neutral. And to me, that's what it should be. And the other thing, as far as I'm concerned, it, it should be as it says on the tin. British Speedway promoter. They should promote British Speedway. And to me, they're not promoting British Speedway enough. Um, yeah, I, mean, I have actually said, and it's, it's been mentioned 
If Brummies did fold, yes, I would go on as chair of BSPR. Shouldn't you, wouldn't it be better to win an independent body so you haven't got promoted? Does that promote clubs doing the speed round like independent like don't work for the clubs? Yeah, that's what he's, that's what he's just saying. Yeah. Do you want to ask a team? Mike, Mike's back in. Yeah. It's been a good move, I think, um, to Phil Morris as CEO in the Championship. Is there any plans for that to come down into the Championship? So, Phil Morris as Premiership CEO, anything like that for the Championship? No, it's not, not at the moment. I think it's a bit of a trial period with uh, with Phil. Um, it's yeah, he's, he's, do, he's doing a good job. Um, not everybody thinks he's doing a good job, um, but no, I think he's doing it. And certainly, the meetings that I've had with him, the first meeting that I had with him regarding us going into Premiership, he'd done a really thorough job of putting everything down there that wasn't the information that I needed. He'd done it, he must have spent hours on it, and God knows where he finds the hours. Um, um, yeah, I mean, he's not only. Um, CEO for Premiership, obviously, is director for um, Grand Prix as well. He does, the amount of hours that he, that he spends is absolutely unbelievable, and I, I think he does a fantastic job. You maybe need to leave the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phil Morris uh, certainly is doing a, a fantastic job uh, in British Speedway as well as on the Grand Prix scene as well. Uh, any more questions before we start wrapping up this evening? Okay, right. National League, you were on about that. It's finished at Leicester. Leicester 61, Milden Hall 28. Alfie Botel scored 11 of Milden Hall's 28 points. So there you go. Aaron got two points. Indeed, I apologise. Right, so um, we are going to be obviously summing this up on the Birmingham website. I know Dougie's going to put it on the Birmingham Speedway Supporters Club page as well if you want to recap. Uh, just a quick plug once again for the end of season awards night. Uh, plenty of riders coming along? Yes. The majority? Majority. The majority coming along. So that is the end of season awards night, and that is in two weeks' time on Friday, October the 13th at 7.30 start, and that will be taking place at Goals Petty Bar, which is... That way. Over there. Uh, it is... Admission, buffet included, £10 adults, £3 for 12 to 16s, under 11s go free, and you can get your tickets by contacting Andy on the Supporters Club page or his email address, which is dotted around anywhere. It is on the website as well, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort that. We'll uh, plug that more. So do come, and, uh, come along. We know it's been a, a long season. It's been testing at times, but the end of season do... We always like to, I was going to say, let our air down, but um, I'm losing mine. We'll let Nigel's air down, how's that sound? <laughs> and we will be confirming the dates in the next few days for the final two meetings. So yes, we'll be having the potentially one meeting, then the end of season due, and then another meeting. That's how it works, isn't it? So, uh, but like I say, um, a big thanks to, to Lawrence and Nigel for, for giving up their time for, for you this evening. GP tomorrow, tennis court pubs, five o'clock, go and meet them, have a drink, predictions, sweepstake.
There you go, get involved. Uh, that's also mentioned on there as well. But no, uh, a big thanks to Lawrence and Nigel for, for giving up their time and uh, obviously the, the honest thoughts bringing us up. You have two minutes. You have two minutes. You have two minutes.